This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 19th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The Biden administration made big promises with respect to immigration, pledging to undo a good deal of the economically harmful immigration policies of his predecessor. But after failing to lift the cap on refugees and currently defending policy decisions at the Supreme Court, it's left many people to wonder if the Biden team is credibly committed to immigration reform. Cato's David Beer comments. I remember you uh, mentioning that Joe Biden essentially had no reason to back down on his campaign promises related to immigration. So where do we stand now with his uh, attempt to do right by refugees uh, trying to enter the United States? Well, part of his campaign, uh, a major part of his campaign platform for immigration was a promise to increase the refugee cap to 125,000. Uh, this would not be the highest refugee cap ever. The, the most ever allowed was 200,000 in 1980. So this, um, this promise, uh, you know, he reiterated it. It was one of his first things that he reiterated after he won election, saying that he was going to increase the cap to 125000 Then uh, after he became president, he announced that it was going to be a cap increase of 62500 The existing cap under Trump was the lowest uh, on record uh, since 1980. The lowest number was 15000 and that's what he had proposed. They were currently on pace to do just 4000 of that 15000 and that was largely because President Trump had also imposed all sorts of new uh, requirements for refugee status. If you were a political refugee, um, you were there were no cap slots allotted to you under the refugee cap. And so there was both this issue of the new requirements as well as the fact that uh, the cap was historically low. And uh, this week, uh, the administration initially announced that they were not going to raise the cap at all, uh, but they were going to do away with the requirements. And then they sort of tried to uh, backtrack away from saying they're never going to increase the cap when they got uh, a huge amount of blowback from their own party uh, for that announcement and said, instead, uh, we're going to do another announcement in a month, uh, increasing the cap by some unspecified amount. So he's been walking back his campaign promises on a lot of things. Uh, this is just another example of that. And uh, it's interesting. The only thing that's interesting about this whole episode is that he's actually got blowback from his party on it. This is the probably the first immigration action where he got a significant amount of uh, negative feedback from his own party. And uh, so th then we saw him try to... Uh, knock it off the front page and, uh, you know, retreat from saying that he's not going to increase it at all. Now, to, to understand how this refugee cap has moved, it was uh, at w whatever level it was when Donald Trump entered office and then just sort of steadily declined during his time in office. Is that right? That's right. So initially, uh, it was 85,000 in 2016. Then uh, President 
Uh, Obama, on his way out of office, said he was going to increase it to a hundred thousand, um, and then it's you know Trump immediately one of his first actions as part of the Muslim ban executive order uh, rescinded that presidential determination by Obama and lowered the cap. Uh, to no more than 50,000. And then it's just been lowered repeatedly since then to now to 15,000. Though last year the cap was not filled and and this year the cap was not going to be filled. Um, So, you know, in reality, we were only going to end up with about 4,000 refugees this year if the Trump rules had remained in effect. What is... What's going on here? Why is the Biden administration backing away from something that was uh, a, as you note, a reiterated campaign promise, both during the campaign and after his election? What what changed? Yeah, even after his inauguration. Well, honestly, I think they think that they are doing poorly uh, with voters on immigration, uh, largely because of the perception of chaos at the border. And so that was the main political factor uh, driving the decision not to um, increase the cap. Uh, Biden actually did give a one-sentence explanation uh, on his way back from golfing, and he said that the cap was caught up in what was happening at the border, and uh, so we couldn't do two things at once. And the most discouraging part of that comment is that it really reflects the idea on the part of the president that legal immigration is not an alternative to illegal immigration. Um, You know, if you believe that we can use illegal immigration to make it possible for people to come to this country uh, without having to run to the border uh, in order to request asylum or sneak into the country, then you wouldn't be saying that, you know, uh, an increase in the, the cap, we can't do an increase in the cap because we're letting people across the border, something like that. Whereas the cap, the refugee program should be the main way that refugees can come to this country without having to come to the border and and try to uh, access uh, the humanitarian system there. And um, unfortunately, there's really been no effort on the part of this administration to address what's happening at the border with more legal immigration. Uh, It's paid some lip service to the idea Um, But really, no more than uh, President Trump paid lip service to the idea. Uh, There really has not been any fundamental change in direction when it comes to legal immigration from Central America and Mexico under this administration. And in fact, in some respects, his policies have been worse uh, than what we saw during the surge in 2019 uh, under Trump. Now, Trump imposed all kinds of restrictions since then in in 2020, uh, but you know we had a surge under uh, under the Trump administration in 2019. We're having a surge now, and the policies in place right now under under Biden are worse uh, than they were under uh, under the Trump administration. So we, we really have not made any progress as a result of uh, Biden's election on on getting some legal immigration reform. Now, as of this recording, uh, we are awaiting a Supreme Court 
argument that will take place today. The administration will defend uh, the U.S. government's policy of blocking permanent residency application for uh, thousands of immigrants who've been here uh, in the U.S. living legally for years. Is is there any sense of why that why that is? Other than the government tends to defend its own policies in court. Right. I mean, what we're having here is a. Uh... You know, this is the long-standing position of the Justice Department and the Department of Homeland Security that uh, people with temporary protected status uh, cannot adjust to permanent residence even if they meet all of the other requirements uh, in the law. And that's because people with temporary protected status often have crossed the border illegally and then received temporary protected status uh, as a result of the fact that there's some disaster in their home country that they cannot be uh, humanely sent back to. So the administration g- grants them this TPS uh, status. Uh, normally, if you have a legal status uh, authorized by Congress, uh, which TPS is one of those authorized by Congress, you can adjust to permanent residence without leaving. And what happens, uh, unfortunately, is that people who have crossed the border illegally, if they left the country, they would face another bar to uh, permanent residence. And so that's really not an option for them. Their only option is to adjust in this country. And so the vast majority of the people who are eligible to adjust uh, are people who have married U.S. citizens and could immediately become permanent residents through uh, that route, or they have U.S. citizen children who are 21 who could sponsor them. So there are a number of different ways that they could become permanent residents, uh, you know, be removed from TPS and have a, a permanent path to citizenship. But uh, the administration's position is TPS is sort of a, a unique status where they are not eligible to adjust. And and the circuit courts have basically split down the middle. Three have agreed with the administration. Uh, three have disagreed and said they are eligible. So immigrants in certain portions of the country right now can adjust. Others cannot, depending on what circuit uh, they're in. And so the administration adopting this position is unfortunately making it much more likely that the Supreme Court will uh, go with the restrictionist uh, side of the argument uh, and um, effectively block many people from receiving legal status. Temporary protected status uh, protects people from deportation and allows them to hold jobs. This is not a small number of people. It's 400,000 or more people. That's right. So this is a, you know, this is a program uh, that sort of rivals the size of DACA. Uh, many people have heard of for young people who came to the country as children, um, sometimes called Dreamers. There are about six hundred thousand people in that program, about four hundred thousand people in TPS, and um, so ultimately. Uh, this is a very significant uh, program. And like you said, most of these people are working. They have employment authorization. Um, so it's surprising to me, honestly, that there's really no political reason uh, for adopting this restrictivist you know, uh, approach to um, this interpretation of the law. And just to go back to this issue of the president adopting 
a restrictivist approach to legal immigration. Right now, all of the consulates in Central America are closed. So even if there was a legal immigration system that was available to the people coming across the border, uh, they wouldn't be able to access it uh, because the administration under its uh, COVID-19 protocols has uh, kept the legal immigration system shut down in these countries. So there is there is such a far distance between what the administration says people should be doing, which is applying for the legal immigration system, and what is actually possible under the rules that they've adopted. And it's this disparity that's ultimately leading to uh, the crisis at the border and, and people coming illegally. David Beer is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.